0: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Harry Potter season here on Cinematic Reviews. I'm your host, Chris, and this is the show about all things movies and TV. Every week, I give my thoughts and reactions to the newest releases, beloved franchises, and even upcoming projects like the MCU and Star Wars universe. You can, of course, support the show by giving it a rating slash review on your favorite podcast service, as well as following the show on all social media platforms. You can find all the handles on the Facebook page. Just search for Cinematic Reviews. Today, we continue our magical journey to Hogwarts with the second film in the Fantastic Beasts trilogy, The Crimes of Grindelwald. It stars Eddie Redmayne, returning as Newt's Commander, Catherine Watterson as Tina, Dan Fowler as the lovable Jacob Kowalski, Jude Law as Professor Dumbledore, Zoe Kravis as Leta Lestrange, and Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. I'm really, really excited about today's show, so let's jump right into it with some facts about the film. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald was released on November 16th, 2018, and was once again directed by David Gates. He, of course, directed all three Fantastic Beasts films and Harry Potter 5-8, through eight, along with The Legend of Tarzan. Crimes of Grindelwald grossed $654 million against a $200 million budget, which is pretty disappointing when you look at the box office numbers for the rest of the franchise. Johnny Depp signed on without reading a script because he is a massive, massive fan of the series. If you do the math, Tom Riddle is about one years old during the events of this film. Jude Law and J.K. Rowling had a two-and-a-half-hour meeting in order to prepare him for the role of Dumbledore. Uh, Jude Law also watched Michael... Gambin's performance in the four Harry Potter films. Christian Bale, Benedict Cumberpatch, and Jared Harris, the son of late Richard Harris, who played Dumbledore in the first two Harry Potter films, were all rumored to play young Dumbledore in these films, but the role ultimately went to Jude Law. Jude Law used an authentic slate of hand move for the scene where Dumbledore presents his card to Newt's commander. When Nicholas Femel opens his locker, the sorcerer's stone can be seen glowing inside. At the time of release, Grindelwald was played by four different actors, Colin Farrell, Johnny Depp, Jamie Campbell-Bauer, and Michael Bryan. That number is up to five now, with Mads Mikkelsen taking over the role in The Secrets of Dumbledore from Johnny Depp. And lastly, because the script was top secret, the characters had code names for the members of the film crew. Now let's get to my thoughts on Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. The Crimes of Grindelwald is a film that I always enjoyed watching. I actually enjoy watching all three of these Fantastic Beasts films. Yes, they aren't as good as the Harry Potter ones before them, but they're still entertaining because they're in the same universe. If you listened to last week's episode, you know that I love this universe, even the Fantastic Beasts part of it. This is the season that I am going to have the most fun with, and I hope you do as well. So the second installment of the trilogy follows Newt's commander, who is played once again by the great, Eddie Redmayne, uh, as he searches for Tina. Uh, Once again, Redmayne nails it as Newt's commander. I love this character a lot, and it's all thanks to Redmayne's incredible, incredible performance. He's very awkward, but very intelligent and caring as well. My heart breaks for him every time his expulsion from Hogwarts is brought up. I understand that rules are rules, but Newt is truly the best character in this trilogy. Other than Jacob Kowalski, of course. Dan Fogler's Jacob is a fan favorite, and for good reason. He is literally the audience once again in this film. He is living the dream of every Harry Potter fan out there. The way they brought him back wasn't the greatest, but it worked for me because, well, it's magic. It's unpredictable. The writers pretty much took the easy way out and just wrote in that the Obliviate spell from the end of the first film just didn't work on Jacob for some reason. I do think Queenie putting a love spell on Jacob makes total sense, though. At the end of the first film, we uh, we can tell that she obviously isn't ready to let him go. She, I mean, she, we, we get that touching scene of her coming into his bakery at the end and just smiling at each other. Great, great scene for those two characters. We are truly lucky to have a character like Jacob to keep us entertained throughout this trilogy. Catherine Watterson returns as Tina, who has been reinstated as an aura. She is on a mission to capture the dark wizard, Gilbert Grindelwald. Grindelwald believes in keeping magical blood pure by any means. It's very, very similar to Voldemort in the Harry Potter side of the universe. This isn't my favorite Johnny Depp performance, but I think he was still really, really good in it. He was evil, dark, mysterious, and very, very powerful. Unfortunately, he wasn't on the same level as Ralph Fiennes Voldemort in the Harry Potter films. Now, Jude Law's Dumbledore, on the other hand, I really, really liked. I think Law plays an excellent Dumbledore. I love every scene that he is in, especially when we see him teaching Defense Against Dark Arts at Hogwarts. Shout out to MacLagan. That was an awesome little touch to that. Uh, You can tell that Law put in the work to give justice to this very iconic character. And I appreciate that because Dumbledore is such a beloved character. Before seeing these films, I had no idea that Dumbledore and Grindelwald were that close. The film doesn't come out, come right out and say it, but it's heavily implied that they were in love uh, back in the day. The blood pact was also an interesting element to include into this film. We've seen the unbreakable vow spell before, particularly with uh, Professor Snape when he vows to protect Draco Malfoy and the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, this blood pact, though, is a little different. Uh, you can break a blood pact, but you will be seen as a dishonest person to the person that you made it with. Now, if you break an unbreakable vow, though, you die. Crimes of Grindelwald is probably my least favorite of the trilogy, but by a small margin. There, there are a lot of great moments in it, like the break-in at the French Ministry and the final act where Newt and his brother Theseus have to watch Grindelwald kill Leda Lestrange in front of them. I do have two big problems with the film, and I'll dive into those in the negative segments later on in the show. Uh, Those negatives ultimately pull this film down for me, particularly the messy plot twist at the end. It has always confused me, and this rewatch wasn't any different, uh, unfortunately. I think the script of this film just needed some more rewrites uh, to it. It gets kind of messy in some parts, especially that twist at the end. There is a good movie in here, though, and with every rewatch, I'm slowly discovering it and really appreciating it more and more. Uh, with that, let's take a quick break before diving into today's segments. Tune in every week for New Release Monday. This is where I give my reaction to the latest movies and TV shows that came out in the past weekend. This coming Monday, I'll be talking about what's new in the streaming world. Uh, this will include HBO Max, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Peacock, all of the streaming services out there so join me on monday for my thoughts on the latest content available so first we have standout scenes uh the first one on the list is grindelwald escaping at the beginning of the film this is a really cool scene i really love this you know you get the rain you get all the uh you get all the grindelwald's uh kind of backstory leading up into this and uh We get some cool wand action as well during, uh, I believe they're transporting him somewhere, uh, probably to Azkaban, I believe. Uh, But yeah, this is just a really cool scene, a great way to open up and kind of set the tone. Uh, Grindelwald just does a nice cool twist in this beginning where he uses a a spell to change his appearance into one of his followers, uh, which was really, really cool. Great way to open up the film, like I said. The next scene we get Newt is in trouble once again. So this is where he is meeting with the ministry uh, about his uh, trip to America. Uh, Newt always seems to find himself in these situations, even though he has probably the purest heart in this trilogy. Uh, I just really love this scene. I mean, we get we get to meet his brother Theseus, who is an Aura uh, with the ministry, and they kind of give him a, a proposition, you know, come work for the ministry and we will reinstate your travel visa or whatever it is they call in this universe. Uh, But Newt being Newt says no and goes on his merry way. Uh, So yeah, this is just a really cool scene to kind of see where Newt's head is at and kind of where he is right now during this film. Uh, Next we have Grindelwald kills the kid and his parents. This was an interesting uh, way to kind of introduce the audience to Johnny Depp's Grindelwald I mean he straight up has a kid murdered like he's un he's really un- irredeemable at this point I mean he is- he's such a dark dark wizard and it's and it's really interesting that they chose this way to present that uh, I mean Voldemort I'm sure has killed many many kids I mean, we saw him kill Cedric Diggory, but this was a baby. Like, I don't think, I don't recall ever, I mean, other than Harry, of course, but I mean, Harry survived. So, I mean, I guess we have kind of seen it, but this was, this scene just blew me away when I first saw it. Like, he straight up kills the parents, which, yeah, that's one thing. Then he goes into the room and he has a kid murdered. Like, holy shit. That was crazy. Next, we get Jacob and Newt reuniting. This is where we've realized that Queenie put a love spell on Jacob, and it's just a really fun scene of them catching up, and Newt, uh, right off the bat, noticing something's off, and they take the love spell off, and Queenie goes away, and then we kind of branch out into her uh, little subplot of her stumbling across Grindelwald because she is such in pain that she can't be with the person that she loves, even though he is a muggle. Next, we have Newt retracing Tina's steps. Uh, this is—I'll talk about this a little more in the in the spell segment. But I really do love the effects in this scene, especially this tracer spell. Uh, it's really cool how you know he blows into his wand, and then we get all that gold dust floating around and kind of re, uh, kind of setting up that scene that we saw at the circus. It was just a really cool special effects in this scene next one I have is Credence searching for his mother. So this is where we get to that little broken down apartment. And we find the, I guess you could say, uh, I don't know what you would call her. Uh, nanny, I guess, is the best way to, to describe it. Uh, this is a really cool scene because we get to see Credence, uh, the uh, obscurious uh, side of Credence. You know, with all the special effects in him kind of going in and out screaming you got ezra miller screaming you get all the black uh goo and power coming in at that one aura it's just a really cool action sequence with all the special effects next we get the meeting with dumbledore at hogwarts this is probably one of my favorites because of course we're back at hogwarts uh we're in the the defense against the dark arts class with dumbledore teaching the kids uh and then we get the shout out to mclegan that was awesome if you remember mclegan was uh part of the Quidditch tryouts in Half-Blood Prince. Uh, this is obviously probably his dad, I would guess, or some kind of relative of his. But it's just a really cool scene because we get to, like we say, we get to go back to Hogwarts. We get a very, very young Professor McGonagall here. Um, just a really cool, awesome scene. Then we get the French Ministry break-in. This is uh, probably one, another one of my favorites. Uh, we get all the, we get Tina and Newt kind of reconnecting and uh, talking things through with, uh, That was another weird, that was another interesting subplot that they include with uh, the whole Newt supposedly marrying Lestrange, but it was actually his brother Theseus was marrying Lita. I'm not quite sure what that was all about. That one always baffled me, too. I could never wrap my head around why they would include that in there. It didn't really do anything, I guess, maybe to drive a wedge between him and Tina. But, I mean, all it takes is a two-second conversation, and then that's it. So, but other than that, you know, we get all the wand, wand stuff. We get them attacked by those black cats in the record room. And yeah, just a really cool action sequence slash chase scene. Really, really fun. Then we get Grendelwald's offer. Now, this is where we get, we stumble across that meeting at the cemetery or the crypt where Grendelwald is meeting with all his followers and he's predicting the future of another world war. And Jacob's sitting there freaking out because he remembers the first war. And basically spelling it all out like, hey, these muggles, these nomads are going to destroy this world and we need to stop them. We need magical beings to step up and become the ultimate beings on Earth because they are just going to break the world apart, basically. So and then we get all the auras showing up with Newt and Theseus and just a really cool moment uh, with all the we got all the blue fire where when he traps all the auras in there and it's a really cool wand fighting slash special effects scene it's really really awesome and then the last one i have is preventing the destruction of paris so this is after uh Grindelwald escapes uh and then we get uh them outside of the crypt and nicholas Femel shows up uh looking like a badass with his wand and they do the spell to crack the earth open and basically defeat Grindelwald's uh, destruction spell, which was a really cool effect. I love the music mixed in. I love the action. Really, really cool scene. Uh, Next up, favorite quotes. So the first quote I have is, and we're licking the the dirt now. This is from Jacob Kowalski when uh, the scene where Newt is, before he does the retracing spell to find Tina, he kind of licks the dirt, which I thought was really, really funny because, I mean, it's pretty much what we all would say in that situation. Like, oh, So we're going to lick the dirt now, huh? That's where we're at. Really, really funny scene uh, in line. Next one I have is regret is my constant companion. This is from Jude Law's Dumbledore. I really love this quote. I mean, I think we all can relate to this. I mean, a lot of us, especially myself, live with this, live with regret on a daily basis. And so this is just a really great way of the audience connecting to Dumbledore. Like, hey, we feel for this guy. He has a lot of regrets in his life and he doesn't want newt to turn into him you know with like he wants newt to be better than him i mean that's what all professors want for their students is to be better than them i just really really love that line because we all can relate to that at some extent the next one i have is she has eyes like a salamander says newt and then jacob replies don't say that i just love this i mean that's a really touching scene uh when we do get newt telling tina this Uh, But this little interaction is really, really great because I love the relationship between Jacob and Newton. You know, it's like Jacob's trying to help him uh, win back Tina, but he's like, don't that's just weird. Don't don't say that. Really, really love that interaction. Next we have we were closer than brothers. This is from Dumbledore. Of course, this is where he's talking about his relationship with Gwendolyn and revealing that they were essentially lovers. You know, they they weren't just brothers. They weren't just friends. They were in love with each other. Uh, and I'm sure Dumbledore is still in love with him. Maybe Grindelwald is in love with Dumbledore still at some extent. But I just really love this line. You know, it gives us a backstory, and it's really, really performed by Jude Law so greatly. Then we have one from Jacob. Uh, Queen, honey, well, I'm just curious. When were you going to wake me up after we've had five kids? Uh, This, of course, is when he gets taken out of the love spell by Newt. Uh, It's just a really funny Another funny quote from Jacob. You know, he's just, he's truly the best in this trilogy. We're so lucky to have him. Next one is, Oh, Newt, you never met a monster you couldn't love. This is from Lita Lestrange. Uh, Another great line, kind of just describing how Newt is the best person in this franchise. He is, he loves monsters no matter how evil or dangerous they are. He loves them all equally. And it's just a really cool way to give the audience some kind of, idea of the character that newt is and it's really really cool next uh if you've ever had the pleasure to teach him you know newt is not a great follower of orders this of course is from dumbledore uh kind of remembering uh how newt was back at hogwarts when he was there another great great line that describes the character that is newt's Scamander. Uh, another one is she has incredibly narrow feet have you noticed says newt jacob reco- uh, replies of course can't say that i have Another great interaction between these two friends. Uh, another one, I am alive, but I am an alchemist and therefore immortal. This is from Nicholas from Elm, And Jacob, of course, replies, you don't look a day over 375. Kowalski is just the greatest in this trilogy. He has all the best uh, lines and responses to these quotes. Then the last one is, I've chosen my side. This is from Newt's commander. Just another badass line to say to the evil wizard that you're going up against. Uh, next up, favorite spell. So there are a bunch of new spells introduced into the world for audiences in this film. Uh, and I'll probably butcher some of these. So apologies to diehard fans out there. Uh, some of these spells include Nublis, which was used by Dumbledore to create the fog that hit him and Newt from the Muggles. We get Paperus reparo which was used by Newt to repair Tina's postcard. Uh, Surgico, Surgito, I think is how you would say it, which was used by Newt when he removed the love spell that Queenie put on Jacob. And then a festinium was used by Newt to track down Tina. Uh, my favorite spell in the film would have to be the Finite, which was used by Newt and the gang at the very end of the film in order to counter Grindelwald's uh, proto debacle spell uh this spell was really awesome i love the fire effect to it and it's just a really cool scene slash spell to watch on screen i just i love it All this final act was really really cool uh unfortunately the rest of the film was what pulls it down but i think this was a good scene to uh this moment uh definitely my favorite and it was probably uh one of the the highlights of the film for me this really Uh, It's a clear example of, like, there is a good movie in here. It's just there's so much other uh, not-so-great stuff in there uh, that really pulls it down for me. Uh, A runner-up spell would have to be the uh, Peri Vestiu. Like I said, that was the one that Newt used to track down Tina's. I just love the visual effects in it. It was just a really, really cool spell to see on screen. Uh, Next, we have a favorite creature. So, like the spells. There were a lot of cool creatures in the film as well. Some new and some familiar. Uh, Newt's Niffler returns, but he is not alone this time. Audiences are introduced to Niffler babies, which are really, really freaking cute. Uh, Picket, the bull truckle, also returns. Some other new creatures include the Kelpie, which is the water demon that we saw Newt feed at the beginning of the film. Matagots, I think is how you say it, which we saw Chase, Newt, and Tina at the French Ministry of Magic. Those were the black uh cats. And then we have the Zoa, which was the giant uh cat like uh creature that at the circus that Newt captures with the little rattle thing. Uh that was awesome. Uh we also get the return of the Phoenix when uh Grindelwald reveals to Credence that he is a Dumbledore. Uh that was really cool to see. A great callback to the uh Specifically the Chamber of Secrets where we get introduced to the Phoenix and uh, how they're connected to the Dumbledores My favorite creature in this film though would have to be Pickett. He's just so adorable and very very useful He uh, he uses his lock picking skills to help Newt, Tina, and Jacob escape that jail cell that they were put in Uh, I would love one of these little guys as a as a buddy to carry around in my pocket They're just so really cute and so lovable now we finally get to the negatives segment of the film, of the show. So the first negative I have with the film is the Lestrange plot twist. Uh, this kind of, not really a subplot, but it's, it's kind of the main plot. It's not kind of. Uh, it got really confusing for me and for many audiences, I'm sure. Uh, there were just too many twists in this one scene, if that makes any sense. I get whiplash every time I watch that scene in The Crypt. There had to have been a simpler way for the writers to explain all this stuff with Lita's disturbing past involving her brother's death and then mixing in Credence's backstory in an attempt to throw off the audience. It was just too much. This whole scene was hard to keep up with, and it's just really, really messy. There, I really think there could have been an easier way to do this. Maybe not have so many twists in it or, or whatever. You know, It's just really confusing. And then the next negative I have is the Credence character as a whole. Regardless of Ezra Miller's legal issues going on right now, uh, I still think Credence is a kind of a meh character. He's he's still an afterthought to me, and it's because of the writing. Uh, He's just not written as well as the other characters in the film. I mean, Johnny Depp's Grindelwald isn't the greatest written villain either, and he's not my favorite performance by the character. I mean, by uh, Johnny Depp, but he's by far better than Credence. I mean, every time Grindelwald and Credence are on screen, I just want the film to go back to Newt and the gang, and specifically Jude Law's. Uh, Dumbledore interacting with Newt's commander. I mean, I love those parts of the film much, much more. That's another reason why there is such a huge gap between these films and the Harry Potter films. I I want to see Voldemort on screen. I want to see the Death Eaters. That's unfortunately not the case in Fantastic Beasts. The villains are just kind of, eh. They're not entertaining enough for me, you know? And that's really what pulls this, not just this film, but the trilogy as a whole, Down for me in the rankings, which I'll get to in a few minutes. They're just Voldemort is like up here, uh, as high up there as a villain. And then you get Grindelwald and the Credence characters, kind of just very, very poorly written. They're just not on the same level as Voldemort, and that's why I'm really, really excited to what get to the Harry Potter films with Voldemort and the Death Eaters and all that stuff. Like those are really great written, thought-out characters. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case for the Fantastic Beasts trilogy, and so that's why they're ultimately kind of seen as the lower level of this universe, unfortunately. Next, let's get to book versus movie. So just like Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, the Crimes of Grindelwald didn't have much to go on as far as source material. I mean, the only book was, of course, Nukes Commander's Fantastic Beasts textbook, that is in the universe. I mean, these prequels had the eight Harry Potter films to reference, but to me, that's not enough. With Fantastic Beasts not having thousands of pages to reference, they unfortunately are inferior to the Harry Potter films. once we get to the Harry Potter films, I'll have way more thoughts during this segment because there is just more to talk about as far as how the films differ from the books. It does make you think, though. These Fantastic Beasts films probably would have been much better if they had multiple books to take stuff from. I mean, the creators and writers pretty much had to create these prequels from scratch. J.K. Rowling was coming up with all this stuff on the spot as she wrote the scripts. Uh so that just that's a really big disadvantage that these three films had, and I'll talk about that more next week on Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh but to end today's episode, let's talk Harry Potter rankings. As a refresher, here is the current Harry Potter ranking list. Number one, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Two, the Goblet of Fire. Three, the Deathly Hallows, part two, the Order of the Phoenix, the Prisoner of Azkaban at number five. The Deathly Hallows, part one, at six. Number seven, the Chamber of Secrets. Eight, the Sorcerer's Stone. And then nine, we have Fantastic Beasts, the Secret of Dumbledore. Ten, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And rounding out the list at eleven is Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. This, uh, when we get to the Harry Potter films, this list will probably change because I can—I always have a hard time ranking these because I love them all so much. But I won't be surprised if this list changes multiple times throughout the season. Uh these Fantastic Beasts parts are tough though because I mean the spell battles and the creatures—I think were really, really cool and crimes of Grindelwald but uh Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them I think is a much better made film overall I mean the humor hit harder the story is easier to, easier to follow and the twist of Graves being Grindelwald was better executed than the confusing twists and crimes of Grindelwald with the whole Lestrange and Credence connection So I think Crimes of Grindelwald is going to stay where it's at, at number 11. I wouldn't be surprised though, if Secrets of Dumbledore drops down to number 11 by the end of uh, next week's episode. I have a feeling that I'm not going to be as high on it as I originally was when I saw it in theaters earlier this year. I've had a lot of fun rewatching these first two films. I just, I have a bad feeling about my rewatch of Secrets of Dumbledore, but we'll have to wait and see on next week's episode if I am right. Until then, though, you can find this list, along with many others, on both IMDb and Letterboxd. Just search for Cinematic Reviews. There are like 50 or 60 lists on there now, ranging from Star Wars to Indiana Jones, to even Batman films. There's something on there for everyone. Also, feel free to share your Harry Potter rankings on the Cinematic Reviews Facebook page. I would love to see how yours are similar or different than mine. Well, that'll do it for this week's Harry Potter episode. Tune in next Friday for Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Also, join me every week for New Release Monday, which is where I give my reaction to the latest movies and TV shows that came out the past weekend. Until then, always remember to tell the person you love that their eyes remind you of salamanders. Later, everyone.